Dearly light, we are gathered here before one or more gods or fewer to join this couple in pretty good matrimony. If anyone objects to this union, let them speak now or forever hold their peace or do something else. <laughs> Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the movie reboots of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Bender's Big Score Part 3. Ben, what's your favorite experience with a marine mammal? Um, what? (laughs) All I'm saying is I... I'm going to be honest with you. I watched the episode. Okay. Surprise, I know. Um, it's, it's literally the the <laughs> one thing I ask you to do every week. So I'm glad. Most of the time I do. Um, sometimes the Infosphere helps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the the one thing that struck me from this episode is, how, what was your best marine mammal experience? I mean, when... My family went down to Florida for a vacation. We went to SeaWorld back before really everybody was like against SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. Um, it was before the the documentary where sure. we all decided we hate SeaWorld. Um, right. I pet a stingray. They're not really mammals, though. That's I watched some dolphins. I was trying to, like, because they, they let you pet a dolphin. Okay. But... I was trying to actually pet it, and then every time I'd go over to where it was, it'd be like, "Oh, there's more people over here. Got to get, got to get them uh-huh. some of this this dolphin loving." And so they would go over there, and then so I'd walk over and try to pet the dolphin again, and then it'd be like, "Oh, sweet, more people over." So I have never got to pet a dolphin, despite being in a place specifically designed to pet a dolphin. So, long story short, I don't have one, Mike. So wait. You just described to me your favorite experience with a marine mammal being rejected by a dolphin multiple times. I literally don't have a favorite experience with marine animal. This gave more than I thought it would give. Um, I just love the idea, the vision of you being rejected by this dolphin multiple times. I don't know why. It's just, and it's, you're from a landlocked state. Uh huh. So you're just like I've never seen I've never seen a dolphin this close before. Dolphins may have been made up for all I know. Until you went to Florida and you found one. Yeah, I found I mean, you found fa- one mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly out in the wild. Found one in the wild and tried to pet it, and it's like, no, nah, there's people over there, dog. Yeah, exactly. That's 100 percent accurate. And what happened? What about <laughs> you, Mike? What is your favorite marine mammal? Whatever you said. <laughs> I mean, mine's going to be roughly the same because I don't have, I, I, I don't know why I was like, well, maybe Ben has swam with the dolphins before. I don't know. I'm from a landlocked state, yeah. Mike. You just pointed that out. <laughs> Jerk. See, but you said you went to Florida. It could have happened there. Either way, I've probably, I've saw, seen some dolphins in a, I've, I went, actually, no, hold on. I've, I've seen whales um, in Alaska while going uh, halibut fishing, which was pretty neat. See, that is actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yours is funnier. Uh, 
whatever. Shall we do the... Th- hey, hey. Mm-hmm. There are other fish in the sea. <laughs> Just because these dolphins didn't love you doesn't mean that there aren't some some something out there in the water for you. Okay. Well then. Thank you for that. Um, I, I truly appreciate it. Um, Shall we end this opening bit and go into the Futurama that we talk about? We should have ended it like five minutes ago, but okay. I mean, I feel like that's also a constant refrain for these opening bits. I mean, I'm not used to being dunked upon so thoroughly in the opening bit. Honestly, I wasn't trying to dunk, my friend. You self-dunked. Accidental dunk. Accidental self-dunk. Bender's Big Score, part three. We get another previously on Futurama dealie that you don't actually get when you're watching Mm -hmm. it on DVD. This time Amy's top flies off for no reason during it. Yeah, there's no... It's just... Why? Why? It's just it's just a thing is that, that the happens. Only, it's like this is the only thing Amy does that is of note in this episode or in this movie, I guess, other than being addicted to fake antidepressants. It's true. She really doesn't have much going on in this movie, does she? Yeah, so it's like, why? why I mean, I get why, like... Well, these characters don't have a whole lot to do, but here here they are in the previouslys. But it's like, if you can't think of something better than having her top fly off, do somebody else. I mean, she's, she's a notable klutz. You could have had her, like, slip on something. Exactly. I don't know. Anyways, so we start out at Planet Express. Bender shows up, having just killed Fry back mm-hmm. in the year 2012. He comes out of the basement crying, which means that he has been literally crying for almost a thousand years at this point. I mean, it's uh, it, he, he's he's distraught. He hunted down and killed his best friend. That's going to stay with him for a long time. Eh, I mean, I guess. And uh, cool. <laughs> cool reaction to uh, the idea of hunting down and killing your best friend, Ben. That's a, that's a great thing you want to hear while in my apartment, I'm sure. Uh-huh. So... And I know how much you've talked about serial killers recently. Oh, a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> you've been caught up in that crossfire. Crossfire. I'm like, yo, what up, Elizabeth? Check out all of this awesome serial killer stuff going on. And you're just like, I'm in this chat too. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there's uh, multiple times when I'm like, oh, this is going to be three hours. I can go work. <laughs> I yep. can do literally anything else for a while. So having successfully killed Fry... The nude aliens decide that they are just done with the time code. Uh, So they put in a a cassette tape into Bender to erase the time code and also the obedience virus and also 50 terabytes of porn. That's a lot of porn. Yeah, it's a lot of porn. And that's a lot of porn to have deleted at once. That's like, you know, Bender obviously needed that. Obviously. And the fact that it's gone, because, I mean, he didn't get the, he got the virus because he wanted more of it. Exactly. So it's like, it's basically like the uh, scammer aliens deciding to be like, just twist the knife in. And then they also start dancing and just about their joy of Bender's misfortune or schadenfreude, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I've, I'm pretty sure I knew before Avenue Q, but didn't start using until after Avenue Q. No, I think that's pretty legit. I mean, I I definitely think of that song most of the time I hear Schadenfreude, so. It's true. Or a great bit in The Simpsons where Lisa explains the meaning of the word to Homer, and Homer is like, 
do they have any or do the Germans have any word for uh, something else? And she says sour grapes. And I don't know. I'm telling this joke very poorly. Watch The Simpsons <laughs> seasons one through nine. It's this, great. This has been a viral advertisement for The Simpsons seasons one through nine. This this entire podcast turns out to be an advertisement for why you should watch The Simpsons seasons one through nine. But only those seasons. We nailed it. Good job. We did it. We can we can lock it all up. Although we are not going to do that. We are professional journalists. And we are going okay. to finish this run of Futurama. I didn't know I was a journalist, but that's cool. Wow, you're deep undercover, my friend. I got to get you out. Ben, my friend. So uh, they have this funeral for Fry. And they are, they're all really sad. And um, they... I don't remember who I wrote down. Somebody says that uh, they hope Fry lived to a ripe old age. That was Leela. And I was like, that's kind of Seymour-ish. Like the mm-hmm. hope that back in the past, a friend lived to a ripe old age. Or just assuming. Right. Or I well, don't know. Well, there's certainly no history to go find. So It definitely does have some like Seymour connotations to it. Sure. As Leela is saying this, Bender bursts out and admits that he killed him. Straight up. Um, and he goes through kind of a tonal whiplash portion where he then decides, says that he'd give anything to unmurder Fry. And then Fry shows up. And uh, just to make sure that Fry is not a zombie, he punches him in the stomach, which is legit my go-to way to determine if someone's a zombie. Mm-hmm. And then Fry goes on to tell a story about back in the year 2000. This is where you get kind of into this whole weird theme for the episode where it's just like, Here's a little bit in the present. Here's a little bit about Fry's past after returning to the year 2000. Notes get a little bit weird. Yes. So I apologize for that in advance. It's uh, it's tough to keep track. Fry goes back to Panucci's Pizza, but he has no money from the year 2000. It's all bills with like talking, horrible, gelatinous blobs on them, mm-hmm. which honestly should be good at any establishment. Oh, agreed. Just throwing that out there. I mean, if I got a bill there, I'd be like, yes, I will give you my goods and services for this bill. Fry is like, wait, I know where I can get some pizza. And he goes back to the cryogenics lab, but it's cold. So he reads the time code off of his butt to go back in time an hour to eat more, uh, to eat lukewarm pizza. uh, uh, A solution and uh, the best kind of pizza. Um, you know, I... No, I don't believe that either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just making sure. I'm I'm playing in in Fry's brain right now, trying to understand the the motivations of the character. Hello, this is Inside the Actor's Studio. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm James Lipton. Uh, welcome, Mr. Lipton. Do you see... Why am I welcoming you to your your (laughs) show? Do you see this... Do you see this stack of index cards? I have many questions. Mr. Fry, why is lukewarm pizza better than cold pizza? I was going to try to do my best Fry voice, but I got nothing. I didn't even try James Lipton's voice, <laughs> so. I was going to be like, hey, I'm Fry. I'm, I'm Philip J. Fry. And I was like, that's not even close. Why do I want to automatically go there? I don't do voices. <laughs> and clearly, I don't either because I didn't even try. <laughs> I just want to come back to, I'm just being lazy with it. You're like, I'm going to try. Oh, no, I shouldn't have. He's got, he's a little, it's a little nasally. Okay. Just a little bit. And then 
Uh, he talks in just sort of a little bit of a higher register, and this is my best fry. This is the best I can do. Um, you know what? It wasn't bad. Hey, everybody, I'm okay. Fry. Uh, Philip J. Fry. Uh, um, okay. I, uh, <laughs> I admire your effort. E for effort. Fantastic. So <laughs> he's eaten some lukewarm pizza, and then uh, Fry slip i don't catch which one one of the fry because there's multiple fries there there's two in the the room and then one in the tube right the one in the room is the one that kicks bender into it from the last episode as bender's about to self-destruct and then eating pizza fry is the one who slips into the tube right because he goes to get more he goes to get money out of his wallet and instead grabs his own butt and freaks out because uh, of course, mm-hmm. grabbing your own butt on another person, yes, it's weird. If it's that cold, like that's weird. It's it's it, it, there's a freeze hazard there. You don't want your your hand to get stuck to your butt, right? Because then you got to call the police and explain mm-hmm. what's going on. That's not anything anybody wants to have to go through. It's it's true, and just the 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 body horror of being outside of your own body and touching your own butt with your own ha- with your hand. Okay, I've I've gone. I've lost it. It's gone. My, my brain. Look, if I walked in that door right now, I would touch my own butt. Look, if you walked in that door right now, I'd have a <laughs> lot of questions. Because I, I didn't know a time code existed in this universe at this time in your apartment. Anyways, um, so Fry slips into the tube. And then when the original Fry wakes up in the year 3000... Mm-hmm. Twenty nine ninety nine to be specific, because he actually wakes up on New Year's Eve. That is correct. Point. That is correct. Technically correct. The best kind of correct. I guess this is the third fry, right? Okay. I because mean, original yes. fry, and then second fry is the one who goes and gets killed. Third fry is the one who goes back and eats pizza and gets restuck in the tube. Okay. Yes, we'll go with that. So third fry reaches out, sets the tube to like 7.95 years. Yep. And then immediately shows up at his own funeral. So neat. Pretty neat. Look, I'm already not looking forward to how confusing this is going to get. That's no, this is that's a fair statement. Um, Bender decides to try to kill him again. So people don't think Bender's incompetent. I mean, that's pretty decent logic. He's your best friend, but I mean, what's more important? Dude has a code of ethics when it comes to his work. He gets the job done. I, I mean, I, I I don't really have anything to follow yeah. that. Up with. It's like um, the, the yes and when both people are like, sure, cool. When I was immediately thinking back to Hamilton, so uh-huh. like, well, I started listening to Hamilton in my brain. Yes and doesn't really work when your default is yes and Hamilton. That's true. Because <laughs> then it's just listening to Hamilton all the time, which is not bad. No. But not really what people show up for. That being said, maybe they would. So it's pointed out. Um, well, so Lars leaves for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always leaving for some reason. He's always leaving for some reason. Hmm. So he leaves. And then the professor points out that the time code duplicates are always doomed. Because it's a it's a paradox correcting time code. Mm-hmm. He he mentioned he sh- he brings up the equation from last week's last episode, mm-hmm. the episode we did last week. Mm-hmm. That would be the last episode. Yes. Well, yes, I know, <laughs> but technically it's a movie, so there's no last week's episode. So 
But yeah. How many times in these movies can I like have the discussion about movie versus episode? They are <laughs> technically episodes now. It's like all squares are rectangles, That's... but not all rectangles are squares. Oh. All movies are episodes, but not all episodes are movies. Exactly. You got it. I see the logic. At least one of us does. <laughs> so, um, anyways, yeah, Bender's like, what do you got there? Numbers? Which is, a, I think, a pretty good line. Pretty good. So they, they think about the uh, double that lived for about 12 years until Bender killed him. Uh, and they and the, the guests at the funeral decide they'll never know. But the narrator says, they won't, but you will. And then cuts to a flashback. And the, and for the rest of the the run of this episode, we get flashbacks between that time, the 2000s, and the 3000s. Yeah, so back in 2000, Fry uh, goes back to Panucci's Pizza again and then rents out the upstairs storage room because he's been kicked out of his girlfriend's apartment. Mm-hmm. And he starts making a pretty good life for himself. We get one of the first of a couple of montages in this episode mm-hmm. where first of all considering how much i dump on family guy <laughs> i was i noted this for this specific reason uh-huh. he hangs up a year 2000 family guy 12 laughs a year calendar now okay i want to know if uh-huh. you think this is a dig on family guy saying that there are only 12 laughs in an entire year of family guy if it's not it's they did a bad job because it it ends up being that. I mean, it's a good dig. Yeah, if it's not intended to be a dig, they did a bad job at not digging on them. <laughs> right. Um, and I did, I just out of curiosity looked it up. It's an accurate calendar, and that's what January 2000 looked like on a calendar. Well, I wouldn't put, I, w- I would always assume that the people know, behind I'm Futurama make that no, out. I, but I'm not, I, I'm just not surprised. There were point. also a lot of little uh, text blobs on the calendar and i really wanted to zoom in and see what was on those but you would have was just like blah 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 blah, you you might have had to enhance 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 that was bad typing anyways i mean you wasn't even on a keyboard or anything it was just on the table yeah well um (laughs) anyways yeah it's this whole montage after this whole calendar thing that I needed to take apparently five minutes to talk about. <laughs> it's a great little montage about him dodging through the New York City streets on his bike with Seymour in a basket on the mm-hmm. back. Uh, he, I just noted like he kind of becomes a good son. Like he's yeah. at dinner or lunch or something with his family. And, um, you know, he makes sure to kiss his mom on the cheek and, you know, be real appreciative of that. He's back playing basketball with Yancey and still has his Lucky Clover. Mm-hmm. And his Lucky Clover allows him to... Uh, he misses his shot, and then it bounces off a pigeon and lands in the hoop. I mean, the fact... The, the framing of the shot, he has to miss that shot so poorly <laughs> to hit that pigeon mm-hmm. that it's incredible. I do like that the Clover makes a comeback, though. As much as I was ranting about the God Galaxy being like just there yeah the clover coming back like i don't know why i have such a different opinion on the two but it was a good throwback yeah that that i i agree like having a one-off character is not a one good one-off but but i think having like that felt more organic i think 
personally because he's back in time he or back in his correct i guess time era um and he would go get it, it he you know at that at i mean he this, still knows the combination three uh-huh mm-hmm. <laughs> and yancey hasn't stolen it yet to to give to philip j fried the the nephew uh-huh so of course it's his and he you know he he cared so much about it, it it's not just gonna like leave his mind forever so right it makes sense that he'd go back and get it and he, if he's gonna go play basketball with his brother i do have listed at the end of the montage but he's still sad like he's like looking at a picture of leela and lars and just like openly sobbing in his open mm-hmm. open uh, his his apartment with wide open windows anybody can hear that mm-hmm. and then we go back into the future to the robot arms apartments uh, Nibbler is busy removing the time code from Fry's butt with a laser that comes out of his third eye. Uh, he he says that this uh, uh, he, they have to remove it or else the scammers will sprunge it again. Um, so they remove it as painlessly as possible, which looks incredibly painful. But he does manage to save 40% of Fry's rectum. That's all you need, says uh, Ethan Bubblegum Tate. I'll and take he, his word for and it. And he would know. Yeah, he's a smart dude. Mm-hmm. They try to sprunge for the code off of Fry, and they just don't find anything. The only piece of information they find is a hair that's shaped like a six. Mm-hmm. I do like the weird little joke that, like, the guy eats it, and then he, after he sort of ingests, ingests it, uh, he's he says real quick, just nine, and then that's it. He doesn't, like, reference it again. It's just yeah. like, I don't know why I find that so clever. Because it's literally just a six upside down, looks like a nine. Back in 2003, Fry is really upset because he's he's still just not over Leela. It's been mm-hmm. three years now since he's come back to the past. And he's trying to figure out what he wants to do now. He's trying to find his life's purpose. It's at that point that he sees uh, a news story, one of those like feel-good news stories mm-hmm. uh, about a narwhal that washed up in Atlantic City, as we all do from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a good good joke. I love this level of editorializing, where it's just like, yeah, we've all wound up in, in Atlantic City just drunk. We've all done it. It's fine. Don't I want, worry about it. I want that sort of stuff in my newscasts. It's true. I think that would that would add some flavor to the local news. That you just don't get. It's very flavorless, like a like a saltine. Sure. Now that being said, I do love from time to time a nice saltine. It's a very Who good. Who doesn't? Cracker. It's a very good cracker. Like put it in some ramen or some soup or something. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Oh man, now I kind of want ramen, even though it is way too hot in this apartment for ramen. It is way too hot in this apartment for ramen. Yes. Mostly, I'm just as always. I'm hungry because we're <laughs> recording at six thirty, and I. I'm starting to get that feeling of food. Yeah, he sees this news story about a about the narwhal um, who just refuses to eat because she... I guess it's not a feel-good story. <laughs> I just always assume this is a, a story about a cute animal. It's a feel-good story. No, she refuses to eat because mm-hmm. she has no mom. So... Fry says, maybe that's my life's purpose. He specifically says that after he hears the name of the narwhal, which is Lilu. It's very close to somebody we already know. 
It is very close to Hermes. That's correct. It's true. They're almost the exact same name. And they really look a lot alike. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They both spend a lot of time adding things on adding machines. Sure. It's I a, mean, it's a thing narwhals are known for. But it's the national pastime. Maybe in the year 3000, in 2003, it was still baseball, my friend. That's true. Not on Wall Street. Number crunching it is. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Neither do I, but am I enjoying it? Also, no. How can I get Hamilton into this? <laughs> and you've done it. So yeah, uh, Fry goes to the aquarium like the next day. And he asks to get a job and they ask for his experience. And then the last question is just, would you rather be or do you how do, how do they word it? It's like, would you rather show yourself the door or prefer to be kicked out? Like, that's literally the yeah. third. And Fry's like, I guess being kicked out. <laughs> but Lilu takes a shining to him. And Fry says, I like things that have only one thing instead of two things. Because it only has one horn when it should have two, or something like that. I guess. I don't know how narwhals work. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. So I'm going to take uh, Futurama at their word. Um, if you know how narwhals work, tweet at Back to Futurama. There was a thing going around the internet a while ago where in the special delivery, or in the special instructions on delivery for like pizza places, everybody on the internet was putting draw on narwhal on the box. Okay. And a friend of mine actually did that. Like every time, which I think is kind of a jerk move. Do it once oh, okay. and then move on. Uh, for a moment, I thought you you said that your friend. Uh, I interpreted it as your friend drawing the narwhal every time. I'm like, well, I mean, if it's requested, I suppose. But no, no, no. Asking for he it was the time. one asking for it, and so I feel like if I did something like that, it'd just be like write a joke on the box, right? I mean, like that's because. So the thing is, I I witnessed this twice. And the uh, second time, I think they drew a, a very good narwhal like on the box. And then the but I think the first time they were like. Uh, they literally wrote on the box, we had to Google what a narwhal was. And then it was a really <laughs> crappy picture. But I mean, they they did it. Yeah, so I really them. I really love the fact that it's like we had to Google this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I appreciate the honesty. Honesty in pizza are the best policy done. Nailed it. Thank you. I see. You noticed that I couldn't. I didn't know where I was going with that, but you knew where to go. No, it's a very popular uh, phrase that I say all the time. Honesty and pizza are the best policies. So wherever we went just now, um, Lilu immediately like uh, eats from Fry's hand, and the marine biologist is taken aback, offering to hire him at minimum wage and start tomorrow. But Fry requests less than minimum wage to start today. She's literally like, I don't see why we can't do that. I feel like I can see why you can't do that, but that's a different discussion. Back in the future, or the present, whatever. See, this is always where it gets weird. This is why it's weird, because it's not like, oh yeah, the present time. It's like, it's explicitly the future. Yeah. It's in the name. Future Ama. You may have noticed. So, it's... My mind is blown! it It gets so weird talking about time travel in this freaking show and they just keep doing it especially in this movie it's like this movie's built on this so back in the year 3007 Mm -hmm. uh, the scammers have stolen every item of value and the crew literally gets fired because they 
the scammers own the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also just have a note here that says Hermes' head is still on backwards. Yep, it sure is. I mean, how are you going to fix that? It's on there with Torgo's executive powder paste. It's true. You can't remove that. That's some strong stuff. Strong stuff. It would take some sort of chandelier crashing down on your head to remove that. Yeah. Fortunately, that's often not the case. There's not really any chance that's going to happen to most people in any sort of given situation. I agree. Uh, So we go to the head museum where Lars is on a date with Leela. Nothing says romance like the head museum. Apparently, the most romantic place in the head museum is the Hall of Screaming Skulls. Well, don't before we go to the Hall of Screaming Skulls. Oh, I'm sorry. We need to I, point out. I'm just out, so excited about these skulls. They're screaming. I feel so in tune. We need to point out that Lars feeds Charles de Gaulle a little Torgo's executive powder. <laughs> and I mean, I we can't even skip over that because it's plot relevant. <laughs> Because it's magnifique. So, yes. Um, and then they move on to the skull, uh, uh, the the, skull the, of heads. The, ro- the hall of... S- ah! What is it called? I give up. <laughs> too hot. Have to quit. Yeah, that's my life story. I'm too hot. Had to quit. <laughs> they go to the hall of screaming skulls. Leela is kind of worried because it, everything is happening so fast. She's she's worried she doesn't know who she is anymore. But Lars says he knows. Leela is the woman he's been waiting for his whole life. I just love that there is screaming from these skulls, this entire romantic scene. Oh, yes. Where he is just bearing his heart and soul. And it's just, ah, ah, just like... Lots and lots of screaming. Yeah, there's like 10 or like 15 skulls in this exhibit. There's a lot. How do they all scream? Look, you don't take a lady to a hall of screaming skulls with just three screaming skulls. Oh, sure. That's that's only barely the plural of skulls. Right? So no, you got to go... You can have an alcove of screaming skulls with three. My brain went to cheers because it was like, <laughs> sometimes you got to go... Where every skull knows your name And they always scream (laughs) your name (laughs) Well, I've killed Mike, I think I don't I I don't (laughs) I don't know Your mind works in wondrous ways My mind always just comes back to Fraser. I mean, you should know this Frasier got his start on Cheers. I, I recognize that, yes. It was a spinoff, no, Mike. I, I, because yes. they always knew his name, and they were always glad he came. Yes, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I, don't, I honestly don't think I've ever watched an episode of Cheers at all. At all. It was actually pretty good. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you think it still holds up? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. Should we do a podcast about it? <laughs> Should we do a concurrent podcast or once Futurama is over for us, do we do a Cheers podcast? I mean, we've we've already got so many different podcasts lined up in the works. Who knows? It's true. I'm just trying to keep... Next podcast, we'll just roll a die every week to see which show we're covering that week. Ooh, I like this. The random cast. This is garbage. No, no, no. Hold on. I think this is good. 
It's garbage. So uh, okay, uh, we'll we'll agree to disagree here. <laughs> we can discuss after the episode. So Leela gets real turned on and is like, "Let's go back to my place." And then her place is getting knocked down as they arrive. The scammers bought it, and they are tearing down the whole block. They want to make New New York into a panda hunting preserve. There aren't any pandas in New New York. That's fine. They just truck a bunch in and dump them out on the street. That seems pretty legit. So then it cuts to, it's now Xmas Eve. It's snowing in New New York. Everybody is homeless and huddled around this trash can fire. And guess who shows up? Robot Santa. Uh, He judges them all naughty, which, which Bender even openly mocks. So things are bad. Yeah. There's, no, there's not a lot of fear. It's like literally like, yeah, yeah, we're naughty. Just kill us. Let's do this. Well, I mean, the professor even is like, I don't know how things could get any worse. And then I think Amy says we could sing. And he says, I'd rather kill myself. Then he starts singing about killing himself. Mm-hmm. Everybody in, is singing in this song about all the sad things that are happening to themselves, except for Leela, who's very happy. Mm-hmm. And everyone immediately after she sings is like, could you just shut up in song, of course. It's true. I do like the recurring theme of Leela being all like, yay, I'm so happy because Lars. And but I don't really love the rest of this song. Yeah, it's I think it's kind of like uh horned in yeah it's it's not the word i'm looking for whatever you know what i mean shoehorned in yeah shoehorned in that's the one it's kind of it's kind of shoehorned in it's almost like they were like we gotta have a song well our composer uh was out this week so jerry from the mailroom you do it yeah i mean well it's not it's not that bad it's not jerry from the mailroom bad. let's not rag on jerry again he gets enough guff especially because he keeps Giving me Steve's mail. Ugh. Come on, Jerry. Steve isn't even close to Ben. Come on. It's not. And so, your last names are different entirely. Anyways, yeah, I don't I don't really care for the song that much. Um It's just it's kind of meh. Like Yeah. So while they're huddling in fear, while uh Robot Santa does a, a destruction break, I'm gonna call it, he just kind of just starts firing things every, every which direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leela and Lars got engaged. Seems and, like an opportune time. Well, if you if I would do it if, if I thought it was the last day of my life. If I thought it was the last day of my life, I'd be boning down hard in that alley right then and there. Why do the engagement when you can just skip to the wedding night? You only got... Like, you're literally being gunned down by Santa. So, like... Why Why the engagement? That, you know, seems a little weird. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I was being a hopeless romantic in that moment. But yes, it would be more biologically stimulating to bone down hard. Meanwhile, Santa comes back real quick after the song ends and he drops a bomb, uh, which is shaped like a little Christmas tree. It's very cute. Um, but very deadly. I do like how some, I think Lars says it, but he's like, stop screaming. That's what the bomb wants us to do. (laughs) And Zoidberg's like, I say we give it what it wants. (laughs) It's so good. 
Um, that that being said, Lars uh, diffuses it with Torgo's executive powder, saying it's just like a head. It's like that movie Scream, right? No, not Scream. Okay. It's like that movie Speed, right? Okay. Hugely different movies. Go on. Where there's a bomb. <laughs> there's a bomb on a bus. Okay. I'm following. And if the bus slows down below 50 miles an hour. Oh, wow. It explodes. Whoa. Right? That's that's a bad thing for a bus to do. So what you do is you make a bomb. Okay. That blows up the moment people stop screaming. So everybody has to, you literally have to give the bomb what it wants. You evil genius. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a movie I don't know if you could pay me to see. That sounds awful. <laughs> Just an it's, hour and 30 minutes of people screaming nonstop. Yep. That sounds awful. I hate everything I just said. However, you're now the executive producer of this film. Oh, sweet. Cool. So you don't have to see it, but you do have to watch the dailies. Ugh. So, but yes, he diffuses it with Torgo's executive powder. I'm still laughing about this film. <laughs> it's so good. And having Ben get an executive producer credit for this a movie he does not want at all is just tremendous to me. I mean, look, if I get... I get that EP title. It doesn't I'm, matter. I'm set for life. That's true. You can get EPs all over the place. Back in 2006, Fry is having fun with Lilu the Narwhal. And doing a great job. And um, yeah, I mean, it's another, it's yet another montage in this yep. episode where it goes between 2006 and then up through 2010, where he has been promoted to assistant director and yeah, he just he's basically spending like all this time with this narwhal and they are just having a grand old time together. Um, so Dr. Schlevinowitz uh, comes up and says it's time to release Lilu back into the wild. Um, they they need the tank for the Loch Ness monster that ended up being a log with a Halloween mask staple to it, but it draws people to the park is uh, a log with a Halloween mask on it the metaphor for this podcast uh can you elaborate further for me because i'm not seeing it it draws a crowd but it's you know just a log with a halloween mask on it <laughs> instead of a <laughs> a mythical monster mm -hmm. well i wouldn't call us a mythical monster so i guess if those are the two options i guess we're a log with halloween mask staple to it okay but what is the Halloween mask? I'm thinking the red Power Ranger. Nailed it. Got it in one. There's a quick there's a, there's a quick scene back in the in uh, 3007. Okay. Where they are at Elzar's where the special of the day is cream of nothing. Everybody's poor because they don't have anything. The scammers took everything. Right. It's all bad. Elzar is giving them a taste of different stuff for their uh, foods for their wedding. And uh, Fry's like, maybe like he's trying to come up with all these ideas for how to stop the wedding. And he's like, maybe if I stole the ring and Bender's like, no, nah, I already did that. But uh, <laughs> it'll, it's still going on because I, I did the old switcheroo. I replaced it with another one. And then he goes on this whole thing about how it's the one Lars got <laughs> is actually a really good one. But he still gave them a better one. It's actually kind of like 
a little wedding present for them. <laughs> it's very funny to watch and just, Bender go through this. Yeah, I mean, I won't recount the whole rant, but like, it's it's a very good. It's just a very good progression of like, oh yeah, I totally swiped the ring to like. I gave them a even better than this really really good <laughs> ring. He went all out on it. He went all out. Bender the jeweler. Hashtag Team Bender. I'd watch that episode. Bender the jeweler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I guess it could be kind of dull because it's him just making jewelry and selling it in a shop. Still watch it. I bet a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. I'd go to that shop. I mean, look at the, the, the ring he gave Lars and Lila. No, it's true. He's very good at his, his uh, uh, vocation. So in 2010, Lilu is being shipped off and... Fry hires Mr. Panucci's. I I did not catch cousin. who he was. His cousin. Okay. Um, he hires Mr. Panucci's cousin to capture Lilu so that he can just have this narwhal in his apartment. I think it's a solid plan. Clearly, it's a solid plan. So yeah, the the cousin is like, um, all right, yeah, absolutely. After he finds out Fry's just an amateur narwhal-loving guy yeah, and not a professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They stock the the ship with barrels of sausages and they'll sail in the morning. Back in December 27th, uh, 3007, it's the wedding day. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you for that. That's Fry, all I got. Okay. That's fine. We don't want to get sued by... Exactly. Big wedding. Big wedding. Mm-hmm. It's an industry, you know. Fry tries to get the wedding called off by replacing the pen with one with no ink in it. Clearly the most cunning of plans. Hermes manages to impress La Barbara by zipping up this dress that Barbados Slim just can't seem to manage. With his clumsy, handsome hands. I mean, he's more interested in taking them off, so... Yes, he does say that. He does have an Olympic medal in sex. That's true. It is an established canonical fact. There is no, he does not have a gold medal in putting dresses on women. He has a gold medal in sex. It's true. At least one. I don't know how many gold medals he has in sex. That's true. He could have been... Maybe, maybe there are different you know, uh, versions. Like you have different distances in uh-huh. swimming. There could be different versions of sex. I'm intrigued by these, this different versions of sex you speak of well have you heard of the kama sutra (laughs) okay i'm shutting this down yes i think that's a (laughs) that's a wise decision the only other thing from the this scene at the wedding i've got is that leela's parents are there but they are still they are under a grate Mm -hmm. um in the procession way i mean they didn't get day passes from the mayor it's true so this does mean that the professor is the one that processes her down the aisle yeah, that's true. I mean, I witnessed it, and I didn't even really think about it. But yeah, like, with her parents underground, yeah. Weird that I didn't, um, I mean, I've never been married, so maybe I'm just like, eh, whatever, weddings, I don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. As somebody that has been married before, and is currently s- that, uh, I did think this one. I saw it, and I said, okay. that's interesting to note. I was waiting for you to say, as someone who ha- who is married, I also didn't pay attention. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, at uh, and this is 100% serious, like when you're standing up there and you see whoever is going to come towards you, or if you're walking towards you, you, you're only looking at one person. That's the mushiest thing that has ever been said on this podcast, but I'm kind of into it. 
So I think it makes up at least somewhat for the Jurassic Park episode. Just a little bit. Nope. Nope. Just a little nope. bit. Just a little Look, bit. Look, I, I still get dunked on. <laughs> I mean, just specifically specifically with you and your wife. It does not help the Tema situation What whatsoever. That's true. I still haven't gotten that punishment that Tema said she was going to get from our, our podcast listeners. Waiting for it. So I'm terrified now. The thing that I really like about this scene is when they get up to the uh, the altar, Father Changstein Al-Gamal says, Dearly liked, we are gathered here before one or more gods or fewer <laughs> to join this couple in pretty good matrimony. Pretty good. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fair. It's pretty good. Then there's a, a brief sort of cut to 2012. Fry has been searching for two years and hasn't found Lilu yet. And then he finally spots her. So he and his crew ride out on a boat to greet her. She and Fry have sort of this uh, reunion. Mm-hmm. and then It's very fr- sweet. It's very sweet until Fry orders the net gun to be fired to capture Lilu. That's true. That being said, Fry is also caught up in this net. Then we go back to the wedding. In 3007. It's time to sign the wedding license. But what's this? The pen? It's out of ink? Brilliant. Brilliant scheme. What a plan. Oh, wait. Lars has one. It's fine. Oh. So as Leela's going to sign this, she accidentally stabs Hermes in the eye. And then... Rough thing to have happen. Right. And so he trips backwards and or forwards. It's hard to tell when your head's on backwards. <laughs> That's true. And he then... trips in a direction. Right. And then he falls down... And the he trips over like a cord and a, the chandelier falls down on him and like this big like diamond looking, I don't know, like a big piece of glass essentially yeah. just chops his head right off. I am surprised that this happened given our discussion earlier where we said it would never happen. Million to one shot. Wow. Um, I can't believe it happened during this e- episode of Futurama. The professor says see i warned him a time paradox duplicate is always doomed lars perks up at this and says i'm hearing this for the first time yeah he's he's seems to be a little taken aback yeah um and then um dr good and sexy shows up which we got called out for for not mentioning in part one uh this sexy blonde doctor with a breathy voice i mean she's good and sexy She's very good at, at her job. Yes, mm-hmm. she shows that she's very intelligent, but also sexy. It's the true. name definitely fits. Mm-hmm. Like a glove. Dr. Good and Sexy is at the wedding for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, well, okay. It is Lars's wedding. Exactly. Okay. See, I don't, I apparently okay. just don't understand how weddings work. I'm like, why? Who is this random person? At- Somebody, there's this- a doctor that, that's weird. Why would, why would a coworker of Lars be there at the wedding? That doesn't make that any Lars sense. That Lars is in. It's weird. Weird. No, you think I would know all that. I've done uh, a couple of uh, wedding photo gigs uh-huh. before. You think I would know all of this. So, okay. Have you seen any doctors at any wedding so far? I mean, not dressed up in a lab coat. See, I think that might've been. Wait, no, that's, that's, that's not true. Okay. I had I had some friends who did a wedding that was uh, a geek wedding, and so cosplay was uh, encouraged. 
And I had a friend who showed up dressed as Dr. Thomas Light from the video game <laughs> series Mega Man. That's so good. And so he was, in fact, I mean, he's not a real doctor, but he was, in fact, dressed up in a white lab coat. I mean, that's the spirit of what I asked. <laughs> I, I, I love that. That's all... <laughs> That whole situation is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of a cosplay wedding. I love this character from Megum. I am <laughs> all of it. All of it is so good. There was a really good um, link from the Legend of Zelda at oh, that I bet wedding. There would be really good. Left-handed in everything. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, not not a real link if he's not left-handed. It's true. Not my link. Hashtag not my link. Hashtag not my link. Hashtag left hand link only. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag high ruler bust. Yeah, there we go. All right, we did it. We found the third. The Triforce of hashtags is complete. <laughs> so, anyways, La Barbara immediately goes back to Barbados Slim because the boy needs a father. It, and a week is too long to not have a father. I do like how Barbados Slim is like cruel runnings. Like <laughs> it's such a dumb pun. It's very, very dumb. Yes, but I kind of like dumb. Oh puns no, it's sometimes. good. So, and so at this point, Lars is like, "Oh well, we better like postpone this wedding because we can't get married on a day befallen with such tragedy as this." Leela's okay with it. She's one hundred percent fine. She's with in. It. Let's do this. Lars is just like, no, 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 it's not right. We can't do this. The wedding's off. And he runs off. And then Fry is like, finally, a happy ending. While Leela is sobbing. Yeah. And I think he uh he he notices this and he's like, uh oh. And that means it's time for Great. So I mean, the thing with this episode is that there's as much as I sort of enjoyed the last one, where I felt like there was actually a lot of joke, there was a lot of tension building, there's no real tension getting resolved here. Mm-hmm. There's no... I mean, I guess you can kind of say that that um, Fry number three? No, Fry number two. Fry number two is the one who stays in 2012. Fry number two has his whole sort of arc and i mean that's that really doesn't influence the main plot yet sure it's just sort of the side thing which is um, only slightly interesting at best like I, i like seeing fry living his happy life for a bit but it's even that's not really happy but then the main plot is just it doesn't really do much. I mean, yeah, uh, Lars and Leela are going to get married, but like they were already like head over heels for each other. Sure. The scammers already, I mean, they're they're stealing everything, but they were already, they had everything at the end of last episode. It's just right. now they're doing something with it. I don't feel like a whole lot really happens in this that is of consequence. Sure. Now, it will be tied back together in the next episode, but just as it's ep- an episode on its own, um, I also think it ends in kind of the worst place. Like, uh, Lilu just got netted. Mm-hmm. The wedding just got called off. Mm-hmm. And, like, I like a good cliffhanger, but 
it's it none of this is like oh man i need to know what happens next i'm just like come on sure you know and again we will be giving the whole movie grades later on Mm -hmm. but for just this episode i'm like it's kind of a c minus i mean okay taken on its own i was just not very impressed by it okay uh yeah i think i i I think it's a a lot of the same with these movies that we're watching like the second half of act two instead of act three or you know a full narrative um so i I don't know. Like it, it's it's uh, it's it's these are always going to be hard for me to rate. I think there were definitely some funny bits, like just Bender checking if Fry's a zombie, and you know the fifty terabytes of porn that got deleted, things like that. But I I agree with you. Not like it's you can see it's all coming. Like we're starting to put plot threads together, but I it's not all that. I mean it's it's not a waste of 22 minutes but it's not like one of the ones i'd be like oh yes i have to watch part three of bender's big score so i think you're probably right around you know c okay it's functional okay there are bits that really feel like earned like um the when fry is having a good time in 2000 like with his family with yancey with seymour like these things felt good like as as a long time watcher i was like I'm glad that he finally gets this resolution, even if it's Fry 2. But you're right. I don't think there. I think we're gearing up for the final segment and we just need to get there. So, yeah, we want to know what you all think about this episode, about uh, the movie as a whole, about the movie that Ben is an executive producer for now. That one. Yep. The mm-hmm. screaming one. Yep. I can't call it Scream because no. there's already one called Scream. You can't call it kicking and screaming because there's multiple ones called that. Scream Bomb, the movie. Ooh, see, this is why you've got the EP credit. If you want to talk about Scream Bomb, the movie, for some reason. If you'd like to talk about Scream Bomb, the movie, the video game adaptation. Let us know. You can talk to us many, many different ways. Uh, email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. Uh, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So find us there, review us, subscribe, send it to your friends, and we can all uh, think about one-horned narwhals together and whether or not those are the right round of horns. And don't forget, we're on Patreon now. Uh, that is patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Uh, we do have a new patron this week. Uh, so th- thanks, William Smith, for becoming a patron and supporting us. And uh, if you would like to also be a patron, patrons at the $5 level actually got early access to this episode, raw, uncut, unedited. Uh, we even have one person listening in live right now, which is not at all nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> it's like we have an audience for the first time. It's fi- it's totally fine. Just just think of them cheering in the corner. <laughs> Yay! You guys are doing such a good job. Yay! So you too can get in on that uh, if you are pledging at the five dollar or above level um, at patreon.com slash back to futurama and thank you to all of our our patrons and if you're looking to to join them feel free and we would love to welcome you into that group and last but not least i will i mentioned it on twitter but because we're getting a lot of requests for it we are going to figure out how to do the freiser episode 
We sure are. And how we're going to release that and all that. That's that's coming. Um, we've got a busy couple of months coming up. <clears throat> so unfortunately, we just don't have time to do any bonus stuff at current. But look for that maybe in um, July or August, perhaps. And trust me, if you want Freiser, <laughs> you're going to be ready for this one. Yeah. To be honest, we 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 thought it was a an idea that wouldn't go nowhere, and then everyone's <laughs> like, "But we gotta get this Fryzer." I think it's more popular than our actual podcast. I think it might be, which is, well, it could be a backdoor pilot. So, anyways, um, I think that's all we've got for this week. Unless you've got anything else, oh, I can't think of anything else other than Fryzer now. Until next time, I'm Ben, and I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.